This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Support for Talking Halos comes from Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrib pubes are the thing of the past. You know, it's, we, we got to keep things looking nice down there for the ladies, and but we also got to be careful. That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 2.0 comes inside their perfect 2.0 package, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelly nice down there. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set you the mood, if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade over those used pair of boxers to Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing boxer briefs. Tis the season of Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gifts of all. The Manscaped Perfect 2.0. Get 20% off shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And now for the show. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Apollo, my co-host, my partners in crime tonight, Jared Timms and John Crane. It is a wonderful weekend, getting closer to the winter meetings. I'm going to start with Jared. How you doing, man? Doing fantastic. Had a good Thanksgiving. Hopefully you guys did as well. You know, I had a lot of food, although, you know, I got to hit the gym again. But other than that, you know, we have a Tom Brady day on Sunday, I think, right? Oh, are you serious? That's where you're going to go? Oh boy. It's, it's baseball offseason. We got to talk. Tom Brady was drafted 
in the major league. I mean, he could have been a major leaguer. So technically, I guess it, it still applies. John. Yeah, Tom Brady. I don't know, man. <laughs> they're a, they're a, I, all I can say about Brady is, you know, everybody wants to, they don't want to give up on him because they're saying, ah, oh, he's lost it. He's lost it. He's lost it. Uh, time will tell. Well, the playoffs will tell. I think Tom's just saving himself a little bit. But anyways, how about this stagnant offseason? Let's talk some halos. Stagnant offseason. Well, here's a big question like right away just to get kind of get us a little bit teased here. Jared, when do most teams start signing players? I mean, if you look at the past couple of years, it's been after after the new end of the, end of the new year almost, you know? I mean, you get those onesie twosies like it's been, um, but the, the the pattern lately has been let's let's wait it out and see what the what happens. And I think that's uh, obviously that's that's going to be the case. And it wouldn't surprise me if we continue to see this. I mean, winter meetings are right around the corner. I believe it's about a week and a half now. I think is when it starts. So um, that we'll see a little bit of action then, but it won't be crazy. I don't think winter meetings. Jeez, is right? that soon? Right. Yeah, and, and I think some of the questions we're seeing, and I'm starting to see some impatience in the social media realm about the winter meetings, or even more just about the lack of signings, period. But traditionally, signings really don't start happening until the winter meetings. That's when these guys get together in rooms and can really start talking face-to-face and start making some deals. So I, I think people need to chill a little bit on the impatience of the Angels. The Angels can't afford to strike out here. They got to be methodical and have to be in it all the way for the guys they want. They should not be out there throwing money at people right away when there's there are no bidders yet. There's no competition. Get the competition there and see who is doing what. Because you may find out you might get somebody cheaper. Be patient, folks. They know what they're doing on this. Believe it or not, even the worst team in baseball knows what they're doing in terms of when to sign free agents. They might not know what they're doing besides that, but that's a different point. John, are you getting impatient yet or what? Yeah, it's the Veruca salt in me. I I want it, and I want it now. I, I, want, some, I want some sign that we are going to uh, change directions and uh, spend a lot of money. I know we're going to. Like I said, I'm just being just doing the Veruca salt thing. I want it now. I just want that. I, I want it now, but... I understand it's a long season. I, you know, the things like w- winter meetings. I mean, I know I know about them, but I really didn't follow them as a fan. I mean, still, I'm still a fan. I mean, I didn't follow them for this podcast. I'll probably be more involved. I'll learn a lot more because this will be the first uh, winter meetings that we'll be covering while we're doing a podcast. So I'm looking forward to learning about how this whole process uh, weaves out, and uh, I still have a lot of confidence that we're gonna. <laughs> We're going to do some damage in the free agent market. And I can't really blame fans, though, for being a little pessimistic, though, because of some of the free agent, free agent decisions that were made or did not make or the, time, the failures, I guess. I hate calling them failures because you just know, you don't know what happened in the negotiating room. But point blank, the Angels have not signed the stars of late. And I'm talking the last couple of years. You got Justin Upton back. That was a good thing a couple of years ago, right? But overall, they haven't been able to draw in what they needed in pitching. And they really haven't been able to draw in what they needed overall, the, the big money guys. And so I'm sure some people are, are, are just wondering when, 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 when. But the reality is barely anybody else is either. 
It's not like the angels are, are just kind of by themselves not shopping yet. Because they are shopping. Where do we just haven't heard it yet? Jared, any final thoughts on that? No, I mean, everybody's out, you know, shopping, talking, you know, I mean, it's just because, just because we're having Thanksgiving and, you know, we're having Halloween or we're having, you know, whatever, whatever we're doing doesn't mean that the GMs aren't out there, out there working. I mean, the, uh, the owner's meeting, I believe was two weeks ago and they, I can almost guarantee you talks have happened there. I mean, it just, it's, it's, it always happens. There's, there's always talks and always, you know, we just, we just don't hear about it. You know, but uh, there's always stuff happening in the background. Like, I mean, you just, you just never know. So, so folks, relax, relax. If if we get mid December, if we start seeing some of these guys come off the board, uh, that's when I'll probably get a little nervous. But in the meantime, it's just not time yet. Just not time yet. And also for Garrett Cole, I think what was it a couple weeks ago? We heard was it Borges said. Don't expect Cole to be off the market until January. That's not good. But am I right? Was it January? Was it Bors said that? Yeah. Yeah, he did. So, yeah, Scott Bors said that. That's not good, quite honestly, because now the Angels are in a position where, where do they do? If, if this guy's going to wait, should you pass on him? Should you, you know, we'll see. All right, folks, we're just getting started here. If you like what we're doing, please check us out on iTunes, Apple Music, subscribe. We would really appreciate a five-star if you'd help us move up the charts. And if you want us to earn it, that's great. Email us at talkinghalos at gmail.com. Give us your feedback. We are constantly looking for new ways to pull you in. And if you're a new listener and you're enjoying the show, please do us a favor. Please text a fellow Angels fan let them know about our podcast. It would definitely mean the world for us. Okay, so we've been on a little bit of hiatus, guys. And while we were away with, with Thanksgiving week, I kind of put together a few shows. Catcher, Ismael Grandal, was signed by, that's right, the White Sox. Of all teams to slide in there, the White Sox. The White Sox are notoriously cheap. Those guys. Like, it signals maybe a new era up there. And that leads us to, to wonder about the Angels catching situation. I don't know if we thought that the Angels would go get him. We hear later on that they were in on it. They were talking with them. But now we've also had a couple of catchers come off the market. So, Jerry, I'm going to come to you first. What's left in the catching market? I mean, the catcher market's never that deep anyways. But if you want to look at you know, free agents, you, you go along the lines of Russell Martin, Jason Castro, Wellington Castillo, Robinson uh, Chirinos, Alex Avila, Martin Maldonado. Just to name a few, I mean, I know there's been some um, some talk of Austin Romine on some with some other teams um, who are those guys are all free agents. And I mean, if you want to look trade wise, it, it's again, it's not going to be a huge market, but there are some interesting names out there. I mean, uh, Wilson Contreras. I'm, I'm sure uh, Roberto Perez of the Indians is you know always a name that's uh, that's floating out there. Uh, so I mean, you know, it's it's. Uh, James McCann's a possible guy who's on a one-year contract with the White Sox since they signed Grandal. So I mean, there's there's guys out there, and you know, Stassi and Smith isn't isn't ideal by any means, but um, at least there's something there, and it's, it's better than the past. And of course, you want to add. I, I don't think they're going to add anybody over over seven to ten million dollars a year. But I mean, hey, you never know. It's the Angels. So, um, but yeah, they're, they're, I'm, I'm going to guess they're probably going to stay a little bit, you know, smaller, 
smaller terms. I mean, I've always had my eyes on Martin Maldonado. I, I think that he fits the mold here and as a defensive catcher, and I think that's somebody that Billy Epler likes. And I mean, the fans, we already know, like Maldonado. So uh, a platoon of Maldonado and Stassi, I mean, and they've both caught Garrett Cole, so it also makes a lot of sense there. So, What about Kevin Smith then? Um, I mean, you, that's it's kind of an expandable thing. He doesn't. Yes, he's on the Angels, but I don't know if he necessarily fits the Billy Epler mold. He's not a great defensive catcher by any means, and I mean, he hits a, a slightly below average. He's always been a slightly below average hitter, so you know, it's 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 he, Kevin Smith is interesting. Um, though, also, I'm trying to remember: is Stassi or Smith possibly going to start spring training on the IL? One of the two, I think it might be Stassi with the, the he had. Yeah, so I mean Smith is he'll be around. You know that he'll he'll definitely be around. And if Stassi starts the season on the IL, then it, it'll be Smith and whoever they pick up. But they'll they'll definitely pick up somebody. I don't think it's going to be anybody crazy crazy. But hey, you never know. It could be somebody like Wilson Contreras or somebody along the lines of that. James McCann or there's there's a lot of interesting pieces out there you can go and trade for. John, would you prefer a? piece signed through free agency that's going to be a little bit cheaper or making a move through a trade that would probably get you a little bit of a bit, better bat but also cost you something like a prospect or two or three i, I like I, yeah it always makes me feel better when jared because i i thought he was going to leave him hanging and not even mention him i, I was going to go with bringing maldonado back i i like maldonado um i don't know that we've ever had a and now somebody will jump down. Well, I mean, I could go to Bob Boone. I'm trying to see a, a catcher with some offensive, uh, substantial offensive pop. Um, but I just like it. I think Maldonado is a good, solid uh, guy. And, again, he has familiarity with both both uh, pitchers that we're looking at. Or, no, has that familiarity with um, Garrett Cole. So I would be very content if they were to bring Martin Maldonado. Like, you're looking at um, – uh, was the Dodger you just mentioned? He's thirty-seven years old. Um, Russell, Russell Martin. Martin. R- Russell Martin. I don't know. I mean, that's doesn't seem like it, you know. I guess there have been some in the past, but you got. If if I had my choice for the amount of money that we, I think we should spend, I would go with the Martin Maldonado. Maldonado. I'm more concerned about spending money on pitching. I mean, Maldonado makes the most sense to me defensively, but the problem is, in my view, and I've been saying this, that kind of puts the onus of the Angels to find another bat. I don't think that right now in their current lineup, given the uncertainties around Otani and Upton, these guys who were hurt last year, even Simmons to a good degree, I don't know what we're going to find come the opener in terms of offense. I'm very unsure of that. Even, even, hey, even Trout missed the last part of the season. So I'm concerned a little bit in terms of making sure there are enough bats in the line to make a move, and third base is kind of staring at me going, is there anybody available to go there as well? Or can you fill that a catcher? I don't know. I, I'm conflicted about it because I'm, I'm wanting to hold on to prospects a little longer, hopefully one more year before they start dishing them out. And I get the sense it's not going to happen just because of how everything's moving. There's going to be a trade somewhere, either for a catcher or for, or for a pitcher or maybe even for a third baseman. There's something in the back of my mind saying they need another bat. And I, you guys, didn't, you guys know I've been saying that. I just didn't really, I really just didn't want to go there until free agency started to go a certain way. And 
right away, Grindall getting signed very quickly, and then a couple more catches going on the market. That put me in a position where I'm thinking, the picking's getting kind of slim here unless they're going to go make a trade somewhere. Jared? Yeah, for what it's worth, looking at Kevin Smith a little bit more here, uh, he was a below average, below average hitter and a below average defender as well. So, like I said, I don't know if he necessarily fits the Epler mold, but um, both him and Stassi will be around come opening day unless something drastic happens in that um, category. Uh, but yeah, I'm all for uh, Maldonado. I, I like him. He's a good defensive catcher. Like I said, the fans like him. The fans won't be upset with the Maldonado signing, I don't think. I mean, maybe they complain about a lot, but uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Just, two yeah. <laughs> just just stating the obvious. Yeah, I understand. I'm not sure. I'm not, you know, I, I know we need a catcher, but I, this just isn't my and the and the Grandal thing was was all sexy and nice, but he's gone. And again, I, I think we're gonna. I think fans. I think this team's direction is gonna be defined more by who's standing at the who's throwing the ball to the catcher than who the catcher is. Well, that's the bottom line. No matter how we try and square it, this team has enough hitting to compete if the pitching's fixed. Now the question would then go deeper. How much can they accomplish if the hitting, if the pitching's fixed and they actually have hitting as well that is more than what it is now? The, the problem that I really have about the Angels lineup right now is there's too many question marks. If they're all healthy, there are no problems. But a lot of guys got hurt last year. And we don't know if those are blips on a radar or, like, for example, in Upton's case, is that going to signal a downhill move from that point forward? Good chance it does. Because you're looking at age now, too. And even with Mike Trout, Knock on wood. He's had some injuries the last couple of years we've had to watch out for. And all of them lower body, by the way. And no one wants to no one wants to admit that, but sooner or later, when the lower body injury and when the lower body injuries pile up, then we start seeing holes in a swing pop up. I think that's why a lot of fans are concerned about his lower body average this year. I'm not saying that's gonna to happen to Mike Trout. What I am saying is that there are fairly legitimate concerns about Everybody in that lineup at this point, at this point, who are people who drive and runs. Well, by the end of the season, Trout, you know, Trout. I think I believe Trout is quoted as saying that if they were competing, he would have played. He would not have sat out the end of the season. They pulled him out just because the season was a wash, and that's where they pulled out a lot of people. Otani, let's just get him a surgery. A lot, a lot of the injuries at the end of the season were just a result of a really crummy, crummy season. And why are we even putting these people out here for nothing? Um, I know Trout has had some injuries at the beginning of the season, and I agree. Upton is a concern to me. Uh, I, I, but I'm optimistic. The guy, like you're the one who's who's told me this, Derek. Uh, he missed spring. You know, it's so by the middle of the season, he missed more than spring. You know, he was past the middle of the season when he was technically just in his spring training form. So uh, I think we have to give Upton a full season uh, to to. Uh, analyze a full spring to analyze where we're at there but i think he's still got i think he's got juice in the juice in the tank i'm not saying he doesn't what i am saying is, is we don't know there's a whole bunch of we don't know in that whole process and that's simply because anytime you have guys getting injuries anytime you have guys who are looking at lower body in particular that becomes a concern that's where your holes your swing appear and we and my geez Hate to, hate to mention it, but it's the one that's staring us in the face. Albert Pujols is a great example of that. Those lower body injuries slowly but surely just piled up. 
you, you mentioned that to me last year. I did. And you I mentioned it too. To this year. You, you have mentioned it to me, but I, I, I just. I guess when I start to see it, I mean, I see the injuries and I see him missing again. I question how much time he would have made. He wouldn't have missed the end of the season if we were a competitive team. I don't believe. But um, I, I understand. But I guess we're, when I really want to see the results, I, I always go, well, I always go back. When you talk about Mike Trout, I say there's a Mike Trout slump and there's a real slump. So just Mike Trout's, I mean, he, he did win MVP, right? So, I mean. I, I and people actually used the word slump last year during the season that he was in some sort of slump and the man won the MVP. So he's kind of on a level on his own. But Upton again is Upton, I think, is going to be a big factor in this season because we he, we we can't we can't trade him and we need him to produce to produce. Jared. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I got nothing else really to, uh, to say about this one other than uh, hopefully everybody's healthy uh, when uh, we get to spring training. And I think that if everybody's healthy, it, it's a good start to the season. You know, that's what I think. That's what I think they need a good start to the season. The thing is, though, and I'm the one, by the way, who's also pointing out the slump. I see it differently than other people do. But if you're watching Mike Trout, he was actually very streaky at times during the year this year. And you could put it on timing, coming back from his first injury. You can put it on moving more in a a power-hitting direction, or you can put it on the fact that he didn't have a whole lot of protection behind him during the season just because the other guys in the lineup weren't consistent. There are a lot of reasons why he would have slumps, but most importantly with him, what I saw when he was active and when he was slumping was was he was striking out more. He was more impatient. At the plate, and I think a lot of that is because, hey, you you don't have everything you need in the offense. You're taking things on your shoulders. But yeah, I mean, th- the batting average number alone explains a he shifted from being an, a guy who hits for average to more of a power hitter. He was trying to swing deep more, but that also explained some of the stretches where he went, you know, one for fifteen, two for fourteen, or whatever. It doesn't matter. I think in the end he's gonna be fine, but. My just running out and finishing my point, I'm just trying to say there are question marks about the Angels lineup because you had so many injuries last year. And you can't count on going through next year right now on all those guys all of a sudden staying healthy when they were injured across the board. That's all I'm saying. And that's why I'm, I'm feeling like they need to get another hitter. Do, do they have the money if they get the, the two big dogs? Probably not, unless they move some money around. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking they need another hitter. All right, guys, so moving on, before we get stuck here in the zone, we can be here all day. I'm pretty sure Jared, once hearing that, will be like, ah, and then John will be like, ah, and then all of a sudden we're here for an hour or two. We'll be talking about this stuff more and more as the offseason goes on. But we have to discuss a few things here. First, we're looking for sponsors. You can reach out to us at TalkingHillsGmail.com if you like what we're doing and want us to help to keep the lights on. You can also leave us a voicemail at 657-665-453. Also, as you know before, or you heard before, we are a member of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Okay, moving on. Next topic here is Chris Rodriguez. Earlier in the year, as we are preparing for my uh, disappearing act, which hasn't been much of a disappearing act, <laughs> uh, we recorded... A interview with Chris Rodriguez, an Angels prospect guy who's been hurt for a while. Have a lot of faith that he's going to be able to turn around here. And because something I know Jared is pretty high on as well, here's an interview with Angels prospect 
Chris Rodriguez. Check it out. All right, folks, I am here with Angels prospect Chris Rodriguez. Chris, I know you've been on the podcast, you know, the trail the last couple of weeks, and it's great to hear you on All Angels. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. You know, I'm out here in good old Arizona uh, rehabbing and getting myself right. So just to let people in on the whole thing, you have been a prospect in the Angels organization for a while, one that we've been watching with real big interest because we believe full-heartedly that you have – top level potential to you know maybe one day be a big league ace and, and that's not butt kissing by the way it's what everybody said okay so <laughs> we know you got the good stuff out there um the one big fear has been about your back back injuries for any player of any sport but let alone for a pitcher that's tough so what's the real prognosis with your back you know well what happened first and what's the real end result going to be um, well, basically, I had a fracture in my L5 uh, vertebrae, and basically, um, you know, it's been going on for a couple of years, and usually uh, the diagnosis is pretty much, I mean, uh, the recovery is pretty much just waiting out time, letting the bone heal, but um, mine didn't heal as good as we thought at first, and um, so we kind of uh, took a different approach this year, and we kind of went with uh, the surgery, which is basically just inserting two nails on each side of the vertebrae and to kind of hold it and place it. And, I mean, as of now, it looks honestly fantastic. No back pain. And, you know, I think the the surgeon, uh, Dr. Watkins, did amazing. So the surgery like this, I mean, they say, well, well, the surgery like this, they say, you know, it's back. A back injury can be a major problem for someone down the line, especially when you're involving the spine. What kind of confidence do you have coming from a surgery on that area that everything's going to be fine down the road for you? I mean, I am very confident that everything will be fine. Um, you know, with with the whole surgery and what the angels are doing with me and the medical side of everything, you know, everything's going very good. And, you know, all I can do right now is just pretty much pray that my back uh, holds everything. But as of right now, I can tell you that it feels amazing. Well, as a guy myself who I just told you before the show started, I, <laughs> suffering some, some injuries, I know what it can do mentally. You know, you want to be out there working. You want to be at the ballpark. You want to be pitching. You want to be in a game. You want to be doing all the things that can make you special as the years go on. How have you been dealing with this whole process mentally? How have you been taking care of some of the, you know, some of the things that can really get to a person's mind? Um, I mean... Basically, when you get hit with something like this, it's basically just, you know, you want to go with the mindset that it can always be worse. You know, you just got to be grateful for where you're at and, you know, grateful that it's not any worse than it is. And, you know, that's what I take into these things. You know, I just try to be as positive as, as I can. Um, and I just, you know, try to look at uh, everything that positive side. And, you know, when this first hit, obviously it was kind of upsetting and it was, was sad, but, you know, I, I always believe that, you know, a minor uh, setback could always uh, end up being a major comeback, so. Does, do the Angels have a plan for you for winter? Are they going to just rest you through the winter? Are they going to have you play winter ball? What's the schedule for you now? Um, as of right now, I do not know. Um, so, basically, I've been throwing, and, you know, everything feels great, and uh, whether they want me to throw a winter ball, whether they want me to throw whenever, kind of up to them but uh, they haven't told me anything so 
<clears throat> I mean, at this point, I'm just I'm just waiting for them to uh, to finally let me uh, get in the game, and you know, we'll see how everything turns out. But it's basically up to them, and you know, they're doing a very good job with everything, and, and yeah, just just got to be patient. So take us into the game a little bit, because one thing we always watch going from the major leagues down is the development of pitchers. You have, well, let's just say it, pitching is not meant to be what people make it out to be. It's not meant to be a natural thing. Your body's not meant to throw a gajillion pitches a day. It's just not how it's, it's not how you're built, but this is what major pitchers Mm -hmm. do. So mechanically, how have you adjusted or did you have to adjust your mechanics in any kind of way to help get you healthy and get you to a place where you'll be able to pitch a big amount of innings later on? Uh, I mean, mechanically, we haven't made too many adjustments. It's just been basically just trying to smooth everything out so not be so herky-jerky in a way that I was in high school and, you know, just try to smooth everything out where, where um, you know, maybe that you don't put as much stress on your body as, you know, I usually do. So as of right now, you know, they're not making too many adjustments and they they uh, they don't want me to make too many adjustments. But, I mean, the biggest thing is just kind of smoothing everything out and, you know, hope everything gets better from there. You mentioned the herky-jerky movement. Where did you get that herky-jerky movement from and how have you been – how difficult has it been for you to try and straighten it out? Um, You know, just – when I was in high school, I was just obviously just trying to throw as hard as they can, and you know, it just uh, just kind of came upon that I was like that, and you know, I was just trying to be explosive in a way, and you know, you know, I don't want to lose any explosiveness, explosiveness at all. So, I mean, it's it's been kind of challenging in a way to kind of smoothen like everything out, but you know, at the same time, when you know you build strength and you build, you know, you gain some weight and, you know, everything starts turning out, you know, you become a lot more smoother and you realize a lot, a lot of things are getting a lot easier. So that's that's a big help to it. What has the club had you involved with concerning physical training? Think packing a muscle, you mentioned, you know, losing weight, but in terms of where are they having you really focus on your body in terms of being able to throw 100 pitches a game and, still be healthy every five days and get velocity where you want it and so on and so forth? I mean, the biggest thing is just kind of maintaining the weight right now. Um, you know, they obviously, uh, <clears throat> you know, the the more muscle I can put on, the better. The better. But, um, you know, we've I've been working with uh, the nutritionists out here and also with the strength coach out here, and, you know, they've done an amazing job. And, you know, my body feels great. You know, I feel amazing i feel you know the best i've ever been so hopefully transfers on the mound so you you've been watching this angels team i'm sure you've been keeping track of how things have gone on the major level it's been a tough year overall for pitching especially well let's just admit it starting pitching how has it been for you to watch what's going on at the major league level and knowing at some point you're going to be expected to step in there and make an impact there um, I mean, watching those guys, I mean, whether they do good or bad, you know, we always look up to them because, you know, they're they're where we want to be. So, um, I mean, right now, whatever they struggle, I mean, you know, we all have our struggles. We all have, have our years where we're going to be up and down. And, you know, just looking at them and just like, like, it, like, like anything, just you kind of want to look at the positive side to everything. And, you know, those guys up there, they're tough. Griffin, Canning, Suarez, uh, 
Sandoval, you know, those guys, they just got there this year, and, you know, I'm sure they're going to do nothing but great things up there. So, I mean, you know, I got a lot of confidence in them, and you know, seeing them struggle obviously isn't a great thing for us. But, you know, I always know that they're going to pull through. You have been through a hard time in terms of the injuries, and, and you've been forced, I think, in a lot of ways to grow up earlier than many of us want to grow up. I remember being 18, 19, 20 years old, 21 years old, and I'm in the Navy. I'm out there partying my head off, man. I'm pulling the port and, you know. <laughs> things like this, though, you're coming in and you're tied a prospect. You you have to deal with these things. What, if, what kind of adjustments have you had to make in your life to get you to a place where you can mature mentally and deal with all this, things, all this stuff around you? Well, I mean... The biggest thing is just keeping my faith. I mean, I'm, I'm big on faith and, you know, uh, just, you know, you kind of grow up to realizing, you know, to take advantage of the little things and realizing that um, you're not going to be able to play every day of your life. So, I mean, getting hurt, you know, changes everything. Like, it changes your whole life. Like, whether it's you going to the grocery store, you driving a car, you know, it makes, makes everything, you know, kind of, more realistic and you realize that you know anything can happen at any moment in time and you can't control anything so you know i like to keep my faith going i like to always say like you know things are going to happen they're going to happen you know things are meant to be well you mentioned faith are you talking about just general faith or a faith in religion and what i mean faith in like christianity and you know okay. uh, you know things like that you know god and Everything like that, you know, going to church every Sunday has helped me, you know, get a, you know, positive mindset to everything. You know, for me, that's really big. Well, how hard is it to, to live by that faith on the road when you have so many different distractions out there and you're doing all these different things, let alone going from, you know, town to town, meeting new people, uh, listening to different ideas, seeing new things on TV and, and so on and so forth. What, what do you, how do you keep the straight and narrow and, and, and live life the way you believe it needs to be led? Well, I mean, uh, you you don't need to go to church to really live it out. You know, you can always, you know, church is kind of, it helps you just, you know, take everything into, you know, life moments. And, you know, road trips are hard, obviously, but, um, you know, road trips are also good for you to, you know, sit down and relax and, you know, kind of make you think about life and think about, you know, the positive things of life and um, what things have gotten you to where you are today and, you know, it's kind of there's there are certain things that can kind of get you out of whack and stuff like that, but that's when you, you know, kind of sit down and you relax and you you know you come back to the real world and you're like, okay, you know, let's start by square one. You know, slow things down a little bit. Now in your life right now, obviously you, you can't go out there and play every day. Uh, you've been working hard to get to get back in there. What are you doing on the side right now to kind of keep you? Living life, like yeah. What, what kind of hobbies have you picked up? What are you doing to keep pushing forward and having some fun? Well, I mean, uh, for one, I have I got a little rehab dog. His name is uh, Ace, and you know he's been keeping me busy. And uh, I also play uh, a lot of Fortnite to kind of uh, also keep me busy and you know hang out with my and like talk to my friends whether they're at an affiliate or my friends back home. You said Fortnite, and it just kind of made me chuckle because most of my students, especially my male students, they play Fortnite, man. 
They're all oh, over yeah. that Fortnite. And in the wee hours of the morning, that's all they live is Fortnite. What about growing up, though? What are, you, what are some of your best memories about the game itself of baseball growing up? Uh, I mean, there's there's a bunch of them. I mean, the main ones I can think of are when I'm playing travel ball and, you know, you know, traveling to whether for me it was in Orlando, New York, and these big time tournaments where you're, you know you're with your team in the hotel and you're you know you're just hanging out by the pool at the hotel or you're going inside the hotel gym and just messing around. You know those are the biggest moments that you know a lot of people don't um, take advantage of. And you know I could never forget those moments. They're big time moments for me, and you know they make you the person you are today. All right, so let, let's have a little bit of fun here, okay? Because, you know, it's all it's all the time we have in our, our hands right now is a little bit of fun. We'll play a little, a little bit of, a little game of ward association, all right? And just tell me, just blow out the first thing that comes out of your mind. What comes into your mind, ready? All righty. All right, here we go. Shaq or Kobe? Kobe. <laughs> okay. Shawshank Redemption? Uh, on a movie? That's hard. Like, was it great? Was it outstanding? Like, it was a, <laughs> I mean, it was a great, it was a great movie. But you just, you said Shawshank Redemption. The first thing I can think of is a movie. <laughs> one of the best movies. It's one of the best movies out there. But I don't know what to say. <laughs> here you go. Okay, here we go. Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. All right. Here we go. Here we go. This is. I, I'm kind of cheating on this one. Bellinger or Trout? Oh, Trout. Come on. Best player in the game. <laughs> okay. Greatest pitcher you've ever seen? Live or on TV or wherever? Let's, let's go both. Live and on TV. Uh, live, Jose Fernandez. Uh, TV, Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan. Man, that's some memories right there. You're just bringing them back for the fans. Okay, last one. Last one. The water boy. Oh, Bobby Boucher. That's the best. That's that's <laughs> one of my favorite movies. I had to just throw some things out at you. I, I just want to take yeah, thank you for taking the time. I wanted to keep the interview short. I know that you have a lot going on out there, and and also that you you know you, you got a long way to get where you want to be. And I want to make sure I don't take any of that time. Thanks so much for for spending with us. Can you let folks know where they can find you on Twitter and other social media places? Uh, Instagram C underscore Rod underscore twenty one and Twitter at the real Chris Rod. So you know, feel free to DM me or whatever I answer. And you do, by the way. I had to, I had to kind of poke at you a little bit to get you to, to say, yeah, come on. But you did come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I'll answer. All right. Well, thanks so much, and and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. All righty. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, real quick, Jared, give me a 15-second overview one more time about Chris Rodriguez and where you think he's going to be in a year or two years. Where do you hope he'll be? Where do you think he can be? I mean, last year he started the season off in uh, Inland Empire. I, I, I'm, I'm really big on him. I saw him pitch one time, and i just blown away by what, by what he has. Uh, unfortunate, you know, with what's happened with the injuries and all that stuff. But uh, just absolutely electric, electric stuff. I mean, 
you, you talk about you know Griffin Canning and uh, types of guys like that, and I, dare I say, I mean I don't want to get you know too excited, but like a like a Walker Bueller type of explosive Trevor Bauer type. I mean this guy he he has the stuff. I mean he's he has the makings of a of a great pitcher. He just needs to stay healthy, and and luckily enough, he really hasn't had too big of an arm issue. Uh, it's it's been more. I believe the back has been the main issue from what I what I've been told. But you know, it, it he's he's explosive. That's that's the best way to say it. I mean, he has he has ace stuff, um, and he's that's why I, I personally have him ranked so high on my on my list. And I I just think that if he stays healthy, he could be a huge piece of the puzzle. Um, down the road very soon I, like i said before he got hurt last year I, I i said i said he's probably the next closest starting pitcher to you know the major league level i mean he could have been if he stayed healthy we could have been talking about him this spring being a guy who could be competing for a starting starting um rotation position and, you know it, it, he's that explosive and you know hopefully he stays healthy because i think he he could easily work his way to double a next year if not triple a if everything works out for him he's that he's that good so watch out for chris rodriguez sorry more than 15 seconds there but i'm i get super excited about chris rod or c rod john you can go see him play this year oh is he, is he gonna be out my way might be sure. When, I'm definitely going to go to. I'm devil, definitely going to go to some of the uh, Inland Empire games. Uh, and uh, I just, I don't know much about this guy, but if Jared's giving him a, an endorsement, uh, I'll certainly be interested in, in watching him. Uh, I, I don't like the. I don't like the if he can stay healthy. That's the story of our life. So it sounds like he's an <laughs> angel when you say if he can stay healthy, he'll be great. So uh, yeah, it sounds like he fits right into the plan. Uh, so. But yeah, no, definitely, definitely some Inland Empire games this year. Maybe I can finally meet Jared face to face. I've only seen him on, uh, seen him on Halloween, a picture at Halloween. Uh, and, <laughs> and that's, that's what if, I was but that's if he happens to start at Inland Empire. You know, he might go in there exactly. in, in spring training this year and blow everybody away. And think, well, let's go put him in Double A. Exactly. Who knows? All right. So other things you want to get out there too. The Rule 5 draft. We, I know this decision was made a few days ago, but it's been a while since we don't get here and talk about it. Jared, again, can you explain for those who may have missed it, the Rule 5 draft and how and why teams will protect players from being entered in that draft? So as a prospect, you have a certain amount of time to get yourself on the 40-man roster. Um, this year we saw, I mean, I'm sure all the news has been out, it's Jemai Jones and Hector Yon who we'll be talking about shortly, but um, you only have a certain amount of time. If you're drafted, I believe you have four years to find yourself on the 40-man roster, or else you are Rule 5 eligible. Um, the Rule 5 draft is basically guys who have not um, made it to the 40-man um, roster at all and have been in a team's minor league system for four years if you are drafted, and I believe five years if you're an international signee. Don't quote me on that. I believe it is five years, though, as an international signee. Uh, if that's the case, you are open to get selected by a different team if the different teams don't like you, such as a guy like Jose Rojas will be um, available. Um, a lot of talk about him. Um, you know, He may not be an angel come opening day or spring training, whatever you want to say. Um, but there is the second, the next side of it as well. Um, a player is eligible to come back to a team if uh, the team who selected him uh, dis, uh, didn't, I guess, necessarily like him or didn't think he was a fit. 
um, and decides to DFA him, he can get sent back to the team that he got picked from. So um, Angels fans, don't fret. There's a chance Jose Rojas might be an Angel, you know, come opening day anyways. So, or in the Angels system, should I say. He might not be an Angel, but hey, you never know. I mean, overall, I wish they could have protected him, but if you're looking at the actual roster picks and who they're going to have on there, I understand why they didn't. I really, I really do. I just, uh, I, he's a fan favorite. People want to see him. He's a hometown boy, and they want to, they want to see him make it. And some of the limitations that he has, at least on a what's it, measurables, not measurables as a home run. I'm talking measurables as physical body, position he plays. Those come back to haunt him a little bit, and of course, the fact that he's knocking the ball off, you know, off the letter of the ball in in Triple A, that's it's it's high high altitude. You don't really get an accurate depiction of how he can do at the major league level, especially when there's such a big difference between major league and minor league pitching. So, but hey, can you explain Hector Yan for us, please? Uh, yeah, Hector Yan's pretty interesting, though he was only in. Uh, low A Burlington last year. Um, a couple reports that came out had him um, all the way up to 95 to 97 later in the year. Um, I've been told since otherwise that he's more of a 92 to 94 type of guy from the left-hand side. Um, all videos that I've seen of him have been kind of a max effort, so I guess kind of think of a Patrick Sandoval, Hector Santiago type of guy. Um, how he throws, he also includes... A changeup, a slider, and he also throws a split finger from the left-hand side, which is, I'm uh, I'm not too sure how many left-handers throw split fingers. Uh, so, it's kind of interesting. Uh, stat-wise for Jan, he threw 109 innings last year. Ha- um, had a 3.17 FIP, a 3.39 ERA, and struck out 148 guys during his 109 uh, innings pitched. So, definitely some interest there, and um, you know, there's a lot of upside um, with Hector Yon as well. That, you know, I mean, yes, he's in low A Burlington, but he's 20 and he's, you know, dare I, dare I say one of the more, I guess, mature guys to, um, I don't know if mature is the right word necessarily, but he's he's definitely one of those guys who they see can grow quickly, um, especially if you're protecting a guy that is was only in Burlington last year. So, uh, my assumption would be he starts the season then in uh, high A, which I thought at some point he might find his way there last year. But I guess, you know, stats don't always mean, like you were just talking about, mean everything when it comes to the minor leagues. So expect him to start in Inland Empire next year, and I guess we'll see how it works from there. It's kind of more of a shot in the dark, I guess, when you protect a guy that low. But, you know, they, they see something there that is potential, and it could, I think, possibly be a potential four or five starter um, when it's all said and done. There's there's something there with Hector Young. All right, so moving on. we got a couple questions here. Let's start with yours. Jared, what's the question you received? Give me one second. Sorry, i got to pull it up. Jeez. Right. Totally got prepared. All right, fine. fine. You know, I'll, I'll ask the question first. From yeah. at Halo AK5. I know how much he loves you, right? Anyways, um, uh, how you doing? <laughs> how much better can Mike Trout get? And what's left in regular season? A Gold Glove? I'm not sure. I understand what he means by what's left. In, I mean, is he talking about rewards or awards? What, what award he could win? Okay, okay. All right. So again, the question from Halo AK Five: 
is how much better can Mike Trout get and what's left in regular season? The gold glove? John, you, Mill, you've been quietly brooding over there. What do you think? I've just been listening to minor league stuff. Um, do I, I mean, he's already won gold gloves. Is he saying this season? Could he win a gold glove? He didn't specify. Oh, I yeah. I think Mike Trout can do anything he wants. I think he's a solid player. Did he play? Did he miss the beginning of the season too? Last year? No. He yeah, made, not he this year. A chunk right? early last year, but yeah, no, it wasn't too long. I, I I I I'll say yes. I'll say he can certainly win. He can certainly. Uh, he's the best. He's the best uh, center fielder in baseball. So why shouldn't he be able to win the Gold Glove? Jared, going to how much better he can get. I mean. I think everybody's said it year in and year out. I mean, this guy can't get any better. This guy can't get any better. This guy can't get any better. And he's consistently gotten better. And it's in, in incredibly impressive. I mean, with what he's done. Um, gold glove-wise, I mean, there's a lot of... There's, there's a reason why center fielders play center field. There are a lot of really good defenders out there. Um, and I think that there's a very good chance of Mike Trout winning a gold glove down the road. Um I don't know when. I mean, there's like I said, there's so many good defenders out there, and you have to be so good for 150, 162 games, you know, to to really win that award. And he, I thought he was close this year. He was close. I thought I thought he actually had a really good chance of winning it the year before. Though the analytical, the advanced stats side of things, the year before had I think Jackie Bradley way ahead of him, um, which I think that's more where Trout lacks is the advanced stat side. I mean, you can go out there and make every play in center field. And, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win a gold glove. So if there's one place that I think he still needs to improve, that'd probably be defense. But, I mean, that's saying a lot for a guy like, oh, you just need to improve defensively. Like, you're amazing everywhere else, and you know he's still going to get better everywhere else. And hopefully, I think what AK, or I'm sorry, I don't know your name very well. I think what this question more asked was, <laughs> how he's or not necessarily how he's going to do or like what he's going to do in the regular season and going into the playoffs. I don't, I don't know how to phrase that, but like what, how, how well is he going to play? If, is he getting going to get any better in the regular season until he makes it to the postseason? And what is, I mean, what is Trout in the postseason going to look like? That's, that's a real question. <laughs> That'll be well, fun. We've seen it once and it wasn't, wasn't all that pretty, yeah. but, um, but uh, I think that's, uh, that was a long time ago. That's not but, really okay. fair to him, though. I mean, you, hey, if the hey, hey, what? I'm just go ahead. I'm just. I mean, it's not fair you. to Mike Trout. It's, <laughs> it's not one series against a team that matched up super well against the Angels, and that's what people don't realize is and went on to Angels, win the World Series. Mm-hmm. By the way, they were a very good baseball team that matched up really well against the Angels' flaws, and you know that's one series. I would like to see Mike Trout get more of a, a sample size. But every time they've had any of the big moments, he's been there. I mean, people look at his, his some of his numbers that go a little deeper, right, or some scoring position numbers and so on and so forth, to point to those as some flaws. But the reality is he has some things to his disadvantage. People, in front of, people are hitting in front of him. People like Shohei. No, no, not, not Shohei. Albert. No, they're sorry. They're hitting behind him. I'm getting my wording right. They're hitting behind Trout. Okay, they're being protected by somebody else. They they are not always getting the same pitches that Mike gets. 
Mike doesn't get real protection, in my opinion, right now. Because, again, the people who should be providing protection had issues last year. Shelly Otani was up and down. Upton never really got going. Albert Pujols, he's limited in what he can hit. Okay, When he's on, he's on, but he's also limited in what he can hit. He never really had a true, shall I say, bash brother. Not trying to quote the A's or anything. Behind him who is really playing well. A, a guy that scares you. Whereas someone hit in front of Trout, you know, who usually hit in front of Trout this year? Who led off? We had Calhoun, which didn't work out very well. Come on, his face. He's one of your favorite players, John. Fletcher, Lestella. There you go. Thank Fletcher. you. All those guys hit in front of him, and you know what? They all had better years. Lestella had a career year. They got, they got pitches to hit. That, that, that's one of the things that frustrated me about um, with when Sosha. I, I mean, he, we had Otani when Otani was batting down at like sixth and seventh in the order. Um, he's a perfect uh, behind the person, behind uh, uh, backup, behind Trout. Yeah, if he's hitting, but he was so inconsistent last year. He really was. He, and if you just pick apart a swing, he was having problems in areas you probably really shouldn't have had problems with. But hey, we're mo- we got to move on, guys. Um, next question comes from, oh, hey, Jared, your question. Yes, this is from Stat Magician. Um, given that the Angels are probably going to be a fringe contender, okay, I, that, let's start there. That's that's a question uh, this year. Do you think that they should trade Andrelton Simmons? <laughs> For what? This is this, this to me goes to the this to me goes to the to the people who were always saying trade Blake, Blake, Blake Griffin. Uh, uh, Fred Rogan, a popular LA host, was always said they need to get rid of Griffin. They need to get well. Okay, we'll trade him for who? Tr- tell me who you're trading him for. Um, so I guess I would have to find out who they trade him for. But I like Simmons, so I say no unless it's uh, something big, something flashy. I mean, John, my opinion isn't popular. I believe that if he comes out and has some struggles this year, the team should trade him and not even sign to renew him. And I, I know yeah. that's sacrilege for many people, but I'm not really going. I'm not really high on the idea of rewarding players for past accomplishments when you're trying to keep the payroll at a certain area where you can improve it more. When, in other words, if the aims are a certain inch close to to the the luxury tax and they are faced with the option of trading him or not re-signing him next offseason, just him just going, versus signing him to an extension, which I mean, Jared, you mentioned, I think was I think you said he's worth, you know, you think he's a fifteen million a year player. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm trying to remember my memory there. I I can't see myself being for that. But a lot of fans responded to our poll question saying, "You want to sign him, you know, fifteen mil, fourteen mil, thirteen mil," and I'm thinking. He's had some injury concerns of late. He's always been durable, always been fast. He's an amazing defensive shortstop. But at the age where he's at, where he's at now, that's where again, I, maybe you call it the Alfred Pujols, Albert Pujols syndrome. Would that be A P S A P S Albert Pujols syndrome? Where I'm hesitant about signing guys who are age 31 ish, 30 31 ish to long term deals worth a ton of money. Especially when 
the farm system has a good amount of guys coming up in the infield that could take his place in a couple years. And I believe they have those guys, actually. They're just not going to be as good defensively as as Simba was. But folks cited uh, his experience. They cited what he means in the clubhouse. He cited all those things. And uh, that's fine. I'm I'm not in any way adverse to resigning. I'm not going to, you know call your takes bad takes. I hope you wouldn't call mine bad takes. It's just a different point of view is I am concerned about long-term money being spent in a situation where he is beyond 30 years old and had those injuries last year. He may come back this year and and show that was a blip in the radar and I'll be like, yeah, go ahead, send him. But even then, how much more do you want to pay him? Jared, your thoughts? Uh, I mean, you're both right. I agree with both of you guys. You know, it's different angles that we're taking on this. He's 30 years old. Um, he's going to be 30 all next year, and he's you know going to be on the back side of his uh, on the back side of his prime. You know, he last year he batted 264. Um, his career average is 268. His on base percentage last year was 309. His career on base percentage is 316. And he had a 364 slugging percentage. His career slugging is 380. So last year in all, I mean, if you look at a slash line, he was he was his self in, for 103 games. Granted, he was hurt, and I think that we, we all know if he stays healthy for that little bit of time, I believe it was the high ankle, the, the ankle sprain that got him. Um, if he stays healthy from that, and you know that's a lingering injury, he he probably hits a little bit better. And you know his his defense was there for 103 games. He was the best defensive shortstop in baseball. Um, and the only reason why he didn't go out and win a Gold Glove and win another Platinum Glove was because he didn't play enough. So the defense was still there. That doesn't worry me. Um, the offense was average. Um, so I mean I'm I'm with both you guys on this. I think that they should both, you know, that I can see an argument for extending him and I can see an argument for for wanting to trade him too, you know? I mean if you know, he does have a good start to the season, I'm all for extending him if he, you know, still declines. I would have to assume that there is some, you know, there will definitely be some type of trade market available for him come July and you can get whatever you want or whatever you can for him. Um, but I mean, if I had to take a stand, I'd say right now, if you know, we're, you had to do something with Simmons right now, uh, extend him, see what you can do with extending him. I mean, I think that the, the value outweighs what possibly could be, um, down the road in the minor leagues and heck for all we know, he could be a really good second baseman or a really good third baseman. Um, you know, down, down the road real soon. I mean, maybe you go Fletcher at second Simmons at third and who knows who can play Will Wilson. I don't know if he's going to be a shortstop Jeremiah Jackson. I don't know if he's going to be a shortstop Kyron Paris. I mean, that's way down the road though. So talking right now, I'd say you probably want to look at extending him, but I can see both sides of it. But, but he's not a free agent until the end of the year, right? Correct. But that's why you would try to, but I don't understand. Okay. But yeah, but I mean, if we're looking at him, I mean, we don't have to extend him until the end of the year. So, I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just don't see that it necessarily needs to, because I don't know that there's going to be huge demand. I don't know what kind of demand. Yeah, and that's what I said. Is, what are you getting for him? But I don't see there's going to be huge demand. And if he has a solid season, then we resign, we resign him when we pay. And uh, if it's too much and too long, maybe then we go somewhere else. But I, I don't see any reason for him not to uh, – be our, our, our shortstop till for the entire season. 
I do, actually. And that's because if you want to, if you in July decide, you know what, I think we should move him. We've made the decision we're not going to resign him. Then that's when you try and trade him for something just to get something back, something controllable, something just something that can help the team. Okay, because he's going to be a free agent anyways, and then he'll be able, he'll be free to choose whoever he wants after that. Okay, that's why you move him because you want to try and get something for him if you've made that call. And that's why I'm saying they're not going to wait the whole season to evaluate him. They're going to evaluate him in the first half of the season and see where he is. If I'm, I'm I mean, I, I admit it, I would probably be a bit more ruthless in terms of player movement on a team than most because I would be thinking long-term. I would be thinking about the payroll. I would be thinking about what we have in the system. And I would probably be a lot more emotionless about what they mean sentimentally because it's still a business and you still have to make things happen. Whereas you, John, you've, Simba's a great player. He's put a lot in his organization and he's going to be harder for you to let go. But the reality is if they've made that decision by July 1st, for example, that they're not going to resign him they're confident in what they have, then it makes all the sense in the world they would move him for the last part of the season. And hopefully they would send him to a contender, give him a shot to win somewhere, by, by the way. But there you go. Last comment, Jared. Um, I mean, you got to look at it this way for me. I mean, you, do you want to contend next year or not? Like, I mean, if you don't want to go and contend, go ahead. Yeah, fine. That's fine. Go trade Simmons. But don't go sign Cole. Don't go sign any big names if you're not going to look to contend. If you're looking to contend, why are you talking about trading your shortstop and one of the best defensive players in baseball? They know what but what I'm saying is... that's what. The, okay, can I just say, I mean, it's so you're saying, so you're saying towards the middle or the second half of the season, that means we're not contending. So what you're saying is we're not contending. If, but if we're contending, how do we trade our starting shortstop? Okay, that's well, what I don't get. That's... That's where I need to clarify, because obviously I'm thinking at that point that they're not contending. So, of course, if they're contending, you, you keep the guy who's with you, you ride your home dog. But if they're contending, odds are good he's having a good season, and you're not going to want to him anyways. What I'm saying is, if they've, if they've made the determination to trade him, they've reached a conclusion, like you're saying, that they are not going to make it into the playoffs next year. Does that make sense? I am not saying, it, like right now, I think it would be absolutely idiotic to trade the guy. Even though I think they have the players there to cover for him, I think it would be ridiculous because if you're going to 2023 and you're content, that's who you want out there, right? That's your gold, your gold glover. But come midseason, if they're out of contention and you've, made, you've reached a conclusion, you know what, we're going to move on here. He's going to be 31 years old and he's not really giving us everything we need. We've got young guys. Then yeah, you try on move him and give him a chance to play for a contender, and you get something back. And maybe just maybe in the offseason when he's a free agent again, or when he's a free agent, you maybe you bring him back at something you consider to be cheaper. It all depends on how things go next year. So I mean, I, again, because Jared, way you frame it, I need to clarify. I'm not saying trade him now. I am saying tr- you. Tr- that's why I'm saying July when you see where the team is and you start making plans for the future, you have to decide is he going to be part of the future or not. Okay? And again, I completely understand anybody who is big on Simba and loves Simba. I'm just saying that's the counter-argument. And 100%, just to be honest, I'm not even 100% sold on my own argument. 
because there is that emotional side. You know, he's been a long-time angel. He's been through almost all this rebuild. And then suddenly, as you're starting to get close to contending again, you're talking about trading the guy. Do we beat that horse enough? Or are you guys all looking yeah, at no, the microphone yeah. ready to stab me? I'm in a full circle there. I think that the, the, the question that was supposed to, I mean, basically was asked was assuming that the angels are fringe contenders or fringe contenders, you know, right now with the team, you know, so makes sense. Yeah. You know, we're yeah, on the right th- page. I don't think Simmons is going to make us a like a key that we're going to need to put if we're contending to improve us. I think again, the, I think it's going to depend a lot on the pitching and the offense overall and Upton and but I guess Joe Adele. Pardon? He's part of the I, offense, though. I know, but he hasn't been a big part of the offense the last last season. So he needs to be what he was when we got him. I watched him get his Silver Slugger award. I had such such high hopes. And those might be there again. Okay, so we're running out of time. Two more ones. Two more questions here. Do you feel this is Justin Fay at J Fay underscore seventeen? Do you feel that our lineup needs another impact bat? Huh? 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 With the Tony mm-hmm. game about three hundred fifty at bats this year, our, our lineup looks weak when he is not behind Trout. Well, you guys, think, I think you already heard my opinion on it. So I'm going to just zone out here and go to John. John, what do you think? Sure. Where do we? I guess I I don't know where you put it. Um, so. I mean, I don't know where I don't know where we're putting this other bat. Uh, we already have a center fielder. I guess you could say in right field. Uh, I mean, we're hoping Goodwin Goodwin has a has a good the good Goodwin year he had last year. The only place that we have a spot that we could slide a bat into is a new bat would be catching. So third base. We, what, third base. Third base. Yeah, third we got base. Flesh. We got Fletch. You can got- move Fletch inside, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, I'll take hey, I'll take a bat, but I want to see some pitcher signs. That's why I keep going. I just want to see some pitching signs. I'll worry about the bat as long as we got some pitchers. When we get some pitchers. Jared? Jared? <laughs> do, do we need, do, do the Angels need one? Eh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess it's not a bad thing to go, go get one. Do... Do you want one? Is the question? Yes, everybody wants one. Um, and let's take a step back here. Uh, David Fletcher is not an impact bat. He's an impact player. His, he's a below average hitter in all... Everybody's going to hate me, I know. Let me finish. He's a below average hitter in every aspect of the game. I love David Fletcher. He's fantastic. He's, he's going to be a key player down the road. Ben Zobrist, all that fun stuff. He's a below average hitter. Um, when we talk about impact bats, though, Let's talk about Justin Upton being healthy. That's an impact bat coming back to the lineup. Thank you. Let's talk about let's talk about Joe Adele. Joe Adele's an impact bat coming into the lineup, possibly as long as everything is there. Um, heck, even Brandon Marsh, who I think is pretty close to the major league level, is an impact bat, um, ready to you know be that guy. Um, you know, so there there's there's Zach Kozart is an impact bat um, with good defense as well if he's healthy i don't know what this case is going to be there um so yes getting those impact bats back is going to be a huge key um again i want to go back to the original um question do the angels need one no i don't think so do do the angels want one yes of course i i just i just want to say that i think jared could inspire my wife to actually start a twitter account so just so she can Go after him on the on the Fletcher stuff. I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, all right, last one. Then it's time to go. It's yeah, more of a, it's more of a uh, 
kind of a comment, but I guess it's kind of framed okay. Okay, guys, hear me out. We should sign Garrett Cole, $32 million a year. Mad Bum, $14 million a year. Maldonado, $3 million a year. Epic Gamer Win. Nasty Halos. That's at Nasty Halos. Jared, thoughts? I mean, that's a good offseason right there. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty solid. I think that you're a couple million dollars shy on everybody there. I think Cole's closer to 35. I think Bumgarner is closer to 15 to 17. I think Maldonado is maybe in the three to five range. But other than that, I mean, go for it. Go talk to Billy Epler. <laughs> Jared? That was Jared. I'm John. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, John. I, I just to that I say hashtag winning. I would be very content if we if we were able to do that this off season. I think a lot of fans would be very happy if we were able to pull off that exact scenario. The only thing I would say is I agree with Jared there that that hall's fine. I just don't think the money will be there. Honestly. I think unless the market changes on coal, I think it's gonna be more like thirty seven mil. For Mad Bum, who knows? 14 mil sounds a little bit cheaper. I, I mean, some sites have 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 a value close to 20 mil. Maldonado, like you said, three to five. I don't think the money works out, but I hope I'm wrong. I mean, that would be a nice off season. I what really about would, Strasburg? What if we switch you know, Strasburg into coal? Would, would people still be happy? Well, at that, at that rate, 32. Isn't Strasburg going to be a little less than Cole, don't you think? But that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I believe Cole will be higher than that. I think Cole's going to be like 37, 36. Uh, I mean, there's some folks out there who believe he'll be worth 40 a year. I don't think think people go that high, but he's been that good. So I don't see – I mean, it's – it's a nice offseason if you get those guys. I just I think he's probably underestimating the pay a little bit, and that might be a good reason why it doesn't happen. That said, we saw how the market went last year with Kimbrell and with Keichel. Things changed in a hurry real quick. We, you know, those guys are holding out for big money, and look what happened to them. We'll see. All right, guys, and that's, that's it. That's the show today. So it's time for us to hit the bricks. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can also search for our page on Facebook, which is Talking Halos. The Talking Halos group as well. You can find me, Derek C. Paula, at DC Apollo. Jared Timms at Jared underscore Timms and John at Jake's Crate and John. Oh, geez, I almost forgot. For those of you who don't know, I was nominated for the IE Sports Radio Hall of Fame, um, which is kind of cool. It's a different organization and they've been around for a few years and all, but I for my contributions into being guests in their show and also for the things I've done, podcasting and so on and so forth. And if I if I am in the top four this round, I think fans are voting overall. Then I will be inducted. Kind of cool. Small. How nice often can we vote? How once, often can we vote? Once. So there's a Period. poll up that's been that's been tweeted. And listen, if you think I suck, don't. <laughs> I get you. I'm not gonna. But if you think I do a decent job, I'd really appreciate it. And uh, thanks a lot. And for those of you who've already voted, I really appreciate it. It's, it's humbling. It's been really humbling to. Um, that to be recognized. It's very nice. So there you go. And I think I'm going to read everybody's if I see who they were from Rams or Angels. If I re- if I see who voted yes, voted for me. I'm going to shout you out on the show. All right. That all said, 
Don't forget, we're available virtually anywhere podcasts can be found, including Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Spreaker, Jeez, hey, um, iHeartRadio. We're, we're everywhere now. I mean, it's pretty cool. So for John, the rest of the team, this is Derek C. Apollo saying, peace out. We'll see you midweek with another big interview. Unless we sign a player. If we sign a player, we'll be back with our reaction. It is time. We're out of here. type of drama. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.